0: you have questions Do you need answers The Pastor Study will help you find those answers through God's word Our teacher today is Pastor Tom Brock The Pastor Study is sponsored by pastorstudy.org So grab your Bible and join us for The Pastor Study
1: Welcome to the pastor's study. You know, I've been preaching for 31 years and I've preached lots of sermons, but today's sermon is the sermon I preach now and then. And I think of all the sermons I preach, this one's the most important. And the question for this sermon is, do you know where you will spend eternity? According to the Bible, there's a place called heaven. And according to the Bible, there's a place called hell. And when you die, you will go to one of those places forever and ever and ever. I had a man in my church once come up right before the service, Pastor Tom, do you know how long eternity is? I said, well, it's forever. And he said, eternity is this huge mountain made out of the hardest substance on earth, solid diamond mountain. And once every hundred years, a little bird flies by Rubs its beak once on the top of the mountain and flies away. Hundred years later, the bird comes back, rubs its beak once on the top of the mountain, and flies away. When that huge solid diamond mountain is worn down to absolutely nothing, the first day of eternity has passed. Listen, when you die, when I die, you go to one place, heaven or hell, for all eternity. And the purpose of this program, please listen with all your ears, is to make sure you go to the right place. So let's talk about this. I mean, April 15th, 1912, what happened? The Titanic sunk. There were 2,200 people on the ship. Later in the week, big front page news, news story. Titanic Sinks, The Lost, 1,500 names. And the second column, The Saved, 700 names. And everybody watching this program, you're either in The Lost column and you're going to hell for eternity, or you're in The Saved column and you're going to heaven for eternity. What I want to do on this program is to make sure you know which of those columns you're in. I don't want you to go to hell. So please listen with all your ears. Let's pray. Father, we want to pray for anyone watching this program right now who's on their way to hell, that you would turn them around, bring them to saving faith in Christ and put them in the saved column. God, open our ears, open my mouth, and Lord, speak to us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. How can you make sure you go to heaven instead of hell? Let me explain this. Most people don't get it. If you stop 10 people on the street and say, do you think you're going to heaven when you die? Most will say yes. But then you ask him the second question, well, why do you think you're going to heaven? The number one wrong answer is, I've been good. Let me explain how that doesn't work. A pastor told me about his Aunt Edith, an 80 year old woman, a nice older woman, but not a Christian woman. So one day his wife pushed him out the door and said, you go talk to Aunt Edith about her soul. So he said he drove across town and sat in her lovely living room. She was very wealthy. And Edith, um, can I ask you a question today? Oh, yes, Pastor. Well, and Edith, we're all going to die. If you died today, are you sure you'd go to heaven? Well, I hope so, Pastor. And the pastor said, well, the Bible says you can know where you're going to spend eternity. But he said, let me ask you a question number two. If you were to die right now and stand before God, and God said, Edith, why should I let you into heaven? What would you say? And she came out with the number one wrong answer, I've been good. And because I've never killed anybody, never robbed anybody, I think I'm a basically good person, so God will let me into heaven. And the pastor knew what to do, and he said, okay, Ann Edith, don't answer out loud, but just in your heart, let me take you through the Ten Commandments, and let's see how good you are, okay? Commandment number one. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And, Edith, is anything ever more important to you than God, your lovely home, your children, your grandchildren? Have you ever let anything been more important to you than God? If so, you broke the first commandment. You deserve to be punished for your sins. Commandment number two, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Do you ever say, Oh, my God, Oh, Lord, G-D, have you ever taken God's name in vain? If so, you've broken the second commandment of God. Commandment number three, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. And Edith, do you worship God every week? Do you go to church every week? Or do you go maybe Christmas and Easter? Have you ever violated the Sabbath? If so, you broke the third commandment. Commandment number four, honor your father and mother. When you were a little girl, did you ever sash your parents back? Did you ever disobey them? If so, you broke the fourth commandment. Commandment number five, thou shalt not kill. And he said when he got to this one, she kind of breathed easy. But he said, Aunt Edith, the Bible says if you've ever hated anybody, in your heart you've killed them. He took her through six, seven, eight, nine, and 10, and by the time he got done with Aunt Edith, she knew she wasn't going to make it. And he said, now, Aunt Edith, are you really going to stand before God on Judgment Day and say, let me in, I'm good? And she said, uh, no, Pastor. And he said, where do you deserve to go when you die? And she said, hell. And the Pastor said, me too. And he said, because you can't get to heaven by being good because you're not. Because I can't get to heaven by keeping the Ten Commandments because I break them in thought word and deed more than I keep them. God gave us a whole different way to be saved. And he said to her, would you like to know for sure when you die that you go to heaven for eternity instead of hell? And she said, please. And at that point, he preached what's called the gospel, the good news. Please listen very carefully. This is the most important thing I preach. Here's what he told his aunt. Up here is heaven, and heaven is God's perfect home. If you want to get into heaven, you have to be just like God is, absolutely perfect. And let's say that my billfold here symbolizes sin. God won't let sin up into heaven. If God let sin into heaven, you'd have hatred, murder, crime, rape, abortion, pornography. It'd be America all over again. So God won't allow any sin up into heaven. And this hand represents you and me, a typical human being. And the problem is each one of us is loaded with sin. We sin in thought, word, and deed daily. That's the bad news. Now here's the good news. 2,000 years ago, God came down out of heaven and God became a human being. Born in a manger, his name was Jesus. Jesus lived on earth about 33 years. He never sinned once because he was God. When he was about 32 years old, he took our sins off of him, put them on his own back. He carried our sins up to the cross. They put nails through his hands and feet. And all the sins that you and I deserve to get punished for, he took our punishment for us. He paid for our sins in our place so we could be forgiven. It killed him. He was dead and he was buried three days. Three days later, he rises from the dead, he goes back into heaven, and now God promises you, no matter what sins you may have committed, if you will turn and trust in the Lord Jesus and believe in him for the forgiveness of your sins, you're going to heaven when you die. And he said that 80-year-old Anne Edith became a newborn babe in Christ that day. Back to the original question, and your soul, do you know where you're going to spend eternity? it's not by how good you are because you and i deserve hell for eternity have you ever said lord jesus i'm a sinner i need you come into my heart forgive my sins and i'm trusting you not me i'm trusting you for my salvation from now on that is how you spend eternity in heaven you know i was i always pray before i get on the airplane god put me next to somebody i can share you with and um I'm sitting on the airplane and here's this 12 year old boy next to me from Sarasota, Florida and the plane takes off and we start to talk and I said to him, do you go to church? He said, oh yes, First Baptist Church, Sarasota, Florida. I said, well that's good, I'm a, I'm a pastor myself. And, I, and he said, yeah, I go to church every Sunday. I said, well can I ask you what they teach you at that church? Well sure. I said, well, uh, Matthew, do you know what the Trinity is? Never heard of the Trinity. Well, He knew Jesus was God, but he didn't know that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit one God three persons. He didn't know that, so I explained the Trinity. And I said, "Uh, let me ask you another question, do you know how the world's going to end? He said, I didn't know it was going to (laughs) end. So I explained the second coming of Christ, he'll come down in the clouds, it could happen tonight, you'll hear trumpets, and Jesus comes down, the dead are raised, Christians go to heaven, unbelievers go to hell, and then the world melts. He'd never heard any of this, so I thought, okay, let's get to the big one, I said, well, Matthew." Let's say the plane goes down and we crash in five minutes. Do you know where you're going to spend eternity? And I just remember he got very quiet. And then he finally said, I guess I don't know where I'll go. And then I explained to him again the gospel. That the way you know for sure you're going to heaven is not you and how good or bad you are. It's grace. It's by what Jesus did on the cross. And the Bible promises, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Not might be saved. You will be saved. And I explained that to him. And then we talked about other things. But I remember before the plane landed, he brought it up himself. And he said, I just want to make sure I get this straight. You don't have to die to find out where you're going. You can know right now. And I said, that's exactly right. Because God will keep his promise. And the promise is believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. And we landed and went our separate ways. But do you know where you're going to spend eternity? Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You know, it's it's just so important that you nail that one. First John five thirteen says, I write this to you who believe in Jesus, the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. Not hope, maybe. Not I might get it if I'm good enough. No, no, you'll never be good enough. I write this to you who believe, first John five thirteen, I write this to you who believe in the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. Because it depends on Jesus, not on you. Hallelujah. I'll close with this. A mother was dying in the hospital. And her sons were standing around her bed. And she's giving her final words. And she calls one son to her side and she says, Tony, you've always been the responsible one in the family. And in my Bible at home, I've left my final instructions. Bend down and kiss mother. Good night. She called her second son to her, Mark, you're family has been the most loving to mother these last months. You brought me into your home, tried to nurse me back to health, and I'm so appreciative to you and your wife for all you've done. Bend down and kiss mother. Good night. She called her third son. Jeffrey, you're, you're the youngest in the family. You've always been the closest to mother, but now you'll have to go it alone. I know you can. Bend down and kiss mother. Good night. There was one more son, rather finely dressed, kind of stood at a distance from everyone. She called him to her side. And she said, Glenn, mother knows who's paid all of her medical bills and you've allowed me to have the best medical care on earth. You'll never know how much I thank you for that. Bend down and kiss mother goodbye. And as Glenn is bending down to kiss his mother, it occurs to him what she said. Mother, why do you say Good night to my brothers, but goodbye to me. And she said, Glenn, I have told you over and over how you can have eternal life, and you never had the time to listen. I will see your brothers again, but I will never see your face again. And the story goes he grabbed his mother's hand, Mother, tell me one more time. And she told him how Jesus came down from heaven to live the perfect life that we couldn't, died on the cross for our sins, rose from the dead, and whoever believes in the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved. And he took her hand and he said, Mother, I do believe. I do believe. And she said, bend down and kiss Mother Good night. You and I are going to die. When you die, it's heaven for eternity or hell for eternity. We all deserve hell. There's one way into heaven. His name is Jesus. Do you trust him? Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Amen.
2: Welcome to the portion of the pastor's study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of scripture and his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord and our everyday walk with him. Pastor Brock, as long as we're talking about death, why is it that people wait so long?
1: Yeah. You know, Jackie, uh, (laughs) I'll tell you what I'm thinking of. I was just in Columbus, Nebraska, with my dad's side of the family. They're all Catholics, and they know I'm a preacher. And we had this big banquet. And I haven't seen some some of these cousins for 50 years. So here I am sitting in between two cousins that I used to play with 40 years ago. And, they, and they're Catholics, and, and they know I'm a preacher. And one of them says, well, are, you, are you one of these guys who thinks you can say a quick prayer before you die and live like the devil, but if you say the quick prayer, you're going to heaven? And, you know, and I, I didn't get into it totally. The thief on the cross did go to heaven. All right, So that can happen, but here's what I said to him. There's a saying. He who waits till midnight to repent often dies at 1130. So I, I and my point to him, I hope he got it, was yes, you can have a deathbed uh, conversion, but I wouldn't count on it because you might not have time to have a deathbed. You need to come to Christ today. So what was your question? <laughs> well,
2: it just seems like people always think there's more time. Yeah. And what can we do to make people realize how- Yeah.
1: I mean, Jesus told parables about this. Uh, you must be ready for the son of man is coming in an hour you do not expect. So I think, I mean, Jackie, I, I remember trying to get, sharing the gospel with this 16-year-old girl. And she said, oh, I know Christianity Christianity's true, but I'm young. I want to have fun first, and then later I'll become a Christian. And I said, you made two mistakes. Number one, you're assuming the devil is fun. Jesus isn't you're wrong. Talk to the people that have been serving the devil for a while. They're in, they're in jail, or they're drug addicts, or they've they're, they got herpes. Or so, You know, s- Satan will not be fun for you. But then I said, your second error is, you think you can determine when you're saved? You, you know, Jackie, I've gone to deathbeds where the guy is dying. He's never in church, but his, his Christian wife wants me to go convert him, so I'll go to the deathbed. And I've had this happen, I'll share the gospel. You need to, before you die, turn to Christ, uh, confess your sins and trust in him for the forgiveness of your sins. Their heart is so hard, they'll look me in the eye and say, no. And it's not like they their heart is so hard they can't repent. So when you put God off like that, you are playing with fire for eternity. So like the Bible says, today is the day of salvation. Don't put it off.
2: Okay, because there are people, like you say, on their deathbed though that, will say, okay, yep. now I'm ready, yep. <laughs>
1: but... It does happen. I wouldn't count
2: on it. Okay, that's yeah. a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, Pastor Brock, did the Bible get written down hundreds of years after Jesus was here, or yeah. how yeah. did it get handed down and how was it changed?
1: If, if you, you know, here's the deal, Jackie. When people say, well, the New Testament, for instance, it was written down hundreds of years after Christ and it got changed and you can't really trust any of it they don't know the science. Even atheist scholars who know, who know New Testament studies, the New Testament was completed at the latest by about 100 AD, which would have been the, gospel, the uh, book of Revelation. But the earliest probably New Testament book was James. Uh, and the first gospel was probably Mark. We're talking written about 40-50 A.D., which is within 20 years of the death of Christ. And then the whole New Testament, written at latest by 100 A.D., that's within uh, 70 years of the death of Christ. It wasn't written down 500 years later. That's crazy. And the way we, the way we know this, we have, very, we have many ancient manuscripts of the New Testament, portions of it. And so, um, when people say it was written 100 years later or changed, I'm sorry, they don't know what they're talking about. It, well, I had one accurate. person
2: that said to me, "Well, Mark sat down and wrote his recollections of his time with
1: Jesus," mm-hmm. and that's not accurate because Mark was not one of the twelve disciples. Right. <laughs> Mark and? was the secretary, probably of Saint Peter, who was, and he got his information most likely from Peter.
2: Yeah. So, so it isn't that those people were writing as they were going along no. with Jesus. No, no, or no.
1: In, in fact, the best, the best. Uh, read the very beginning of Luke. Luke is writing to this probably Roman official by the name of Theophilus. Dear Theophilus, I have carefully investigated, and now I'm writing you an orderly account of the life of Christ. Luke, who was Paul's traveling companion, you know, went probably to Mary, talked to Mary about the, the day Jesus was born in the manger. Went to uh, other sources, talked to Peter, and all. You know, we don't know who who all of Luke's sources was, but he was the historian in the New Testament, and he really uh, did his work to put together the Gospel of Luke. So.
2: The Old Testament, though, was a work in progress right. before the, Christ was even yes. born.
1: Now, there's, there's the difference. The Old Testament covers uh, thousands of years. Because, uh, like, bef- before Abraham is the, you know, the creation and the flood and everything, but Abraham is about when we get a date. It doesn't date it in the Bible, but the approximate date of the scholars is about 2000 B.C., Then 700 years later, you get the Exodus when they come out of Egypt to the Promised Land. That's probably about 1300 B.C. Then you've got King David and the the kingship. That's about 1000 B.C. uh, all the way down to the New Testament. So that was, uh, all those writings took place over hundreds of years. That's true, the Old Testament. It's not true with the New Testament.
2: Does the Jewish faith accept the Old Testament as it is or not? They do.
1: They the, do. the Jewish, what we call the Old Testament, is their Bible. Okay, yeah. and so that's that's the difference.
2: Yeah. All right, but there's other things within the Jewish faith though that aren't right. a part of the Bible. Right.
1: Uh, the Talmud, for instance, which would be written, I think, about 130 AD. But you know, you know, it's interesting. Even the Jewish Talmud, which is not Christian and hostile to Jesus. Even the Talmud, an early document, admits Jesus did miracles, but it says he did them by the power of the devil. (laughs) Really? Yeah. So you've got early non-Christian witnesses to the power of Christ, whether they like it or not. Yeah. Okay.
2: Um, I want to mention that this portion of the show is when we allow you, the listeners, to send in your questions and we'll discuss them at another time. So at the end of the program, when you see our website feel free to send Tom a question, and we'll cover it on another program. Mm -hmm. So just so you know that you can be a part of this part of the program, too. Pastor Bach, we do have a listener that says, I know God is holy and hates sin, but I'm concerned that he will not be able to forgive some of my sins, an abortion and sexual sin. Mm -hmm. How do I know that he will forgive me?
1: Right. You know, if you're... Two of the hardest things. Well, you know, the thing is, Jackie, the devil will bring up our sins till the second coming. The devil wants us to believe God doesn't forgive you, you're damned, you might as well go and sin because you're mine anyway, you're going to hell. And the way we fight the devil, you do what Luther did, you, you, you cling to the promises of God. So what I would say to her, and I've had this happen where a woman's had an abortion, and how do I get over this pastor? I, I pray with her and I tell her, you claim 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Or you could uh, go to Ephesians 1-7, in Christ we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our sins. So I would pray with her sometimes, cause it helps sometimes, you do what's called confession absolution. You don't have to be a priest or a pastor, anybody can do this. And I put my hand on her head. I say, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I announce to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. And for some reason that helps people. But even if you don't have that, you claim 1 John 1, 9, that if you confess your sins, God indeed forgives you. And that doesn't mean you'll never think about it again or Satan won't come knocking again. But when he does, you say, Satan, I've confessed my sins. 1 John 1.9, God's word, which cannot lie, says, I'm forgiven. Bye-bye. And you might have to do that a number of times, but it, it, we, we cling to the promises of God. Okay.
2: What do I tell someone who says there's no proof for God?
1: Uh, well, to me it's a bigger leap of faith to believe that nobody put this complex universe together than to believe somebody did. I mean, in one sense, atheists almost have more faith than than Christians. And and, you know, I'll, I'll say this, Jackie, I'm on a plane. The guy next to me is a doctor from Canada. He finds out I'm a preacher. He says to me, I became a Christian in med school. I said, really, what converted you? When I started studying the human body, and how perfectly designed this thing is just the complex perfectly designed human body I had to com- come to a conclusion this had a designer this thing's so well designed and you know Jackie you look at the human body you look at the universe the solar system this thing has been designed and to say nobody designed it I, I think the design of the universe is a strong argument for the existence of God okay Yeah
2: do christians jews and muslims believe in the same god
1: uh... i'm gonna say no they believe in one god like buddhists excuse me hindus and mormons are what are called poly or many polytheists mormons believe in thousands of gods i don't know if people know that but they do they believe in thousands of gods in mormonism and you can become a god if you're a good mormon and hindus believe in thousands of gods Christians, Jews, and Muslims are mono, one, monotheists. We believe in only one God. But not the same. Here's why I don't think it's the same God. You and I are Christians, Jackie. We, We believe in one God. We don't believe in three gods like the Muslims say we do. No, we believe in one God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. For you and I, we believe Jesus is God. For a Muslim to say Jesus is God is high heresy. So I believe Jesus is God. They don't. We don't believe in the same God. All right, let's go to Judaism. It's a little closer, I'll say that, but Jesus says if you do not honor me, you don't honor the Father. The Jews do not honor Jesus as the Messiah. So they don't believe in the Trinity, they don't believe in one God and three persons. They believe in one God. I don't think he's the same God. Because we we worship Jesus as God, Jews don't.
2: So The Jewish people knew about Jesus, but they don't believe he is the son of God, the Messiah. The
1: the Jewish people, most people have to admit that a, a historical figure called Jesus existed. If you believe he's the Messiah of Israel, then you're a Jewish Christian. But most Jews don't believe he's the Messiah that was promised to Israel.
2: Okay, what about, um, you started to say Hindu, I believe, or Buddhist. Mm -hmm. What, What do Buddhists believe?
1: You know, Buddhism is kind of different because it's almost a philosophy. You don't have to believe in God to be a Buddhist. The big thing of Buddhism is, how do you get rid of suffering? And the way you eliminate your suffering is by getting rid of desire for things, which is why you have Buddha, you know, sitting in his thing, and he's kind of emptying himself of desire. A lot of Buddhists do believe in a god, or plural, more like a plurality of gods. But you can be an atheist and be a Buddhist because it's more of a philosophy of life.
2: So it's a way that you live your it's, life. Yeah, it's more than it's
1: more that than they don't really have a personal belief in a personal god so much. So, There's all kinds of Buddhists, but that's the norm. What do they worship? They would say that they're they're. What do they worship? If you're, an, if you're an atheist Buddhist, you don't worship anything. You're just into eliminating suffering. There are Buddhists who believe in God or God's, and they would worship whatever that would be.
2: Well, we want to thank you for being with us this week, and we'd like to ask you to pray about something. We're trying to keep this ministry going. Right now, we're on television in five different states, and that's going to cost us about $150,000. So we're trying very hard to ask God to show us the way and if it's his will, that that money would come in before the end of this year. So at the end of the program, pray for us and take time to come back and watch us again. Check out our website. We pray God would be with you this week, granting you his richest blessings.
0: Thank you for tuning in to The Pastor Study. We ask, would you pray for our ministry as we seek to spread the good news of salvation through Jesus Christ? And would you pray about supporting this ministry? Our address is The Pastor Study, 5200 Emerson Avenue North, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55430. Our website is pastorstudy.org. And our phone number is 763-260-4484. May God richly bless you and join us next week at the same time as we study God's Word. Until then, may the blessing of our one triune God Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you.